You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Starring Pete Ruggieri, Larry Maris, and Jason Lewis. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hunks are their own. So sit back and enjoy some Masonic conversation without pretension. And now, here's your hosts, Pete, Larry, and Jason. And we're here at episode 30. Ooh. Wow. You ever think we'd hit up 30 episodes? Nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I thought we'd be bored of this by then. Right, right after now. 29, I thought we'd get to 30. I either thought we'd be bored or there'd be more than just the one official complaint we've had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the grand, one Grand Lodge is going to close us down, but no, we're fine. We're yeah. fine. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so here we are. Um, our, our recording date is what? May... 22nd. May 22nd. Should be out on the 29th. Wow. There you go. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll do a quick uh, around the room, see what everybody's done Masonically. Larry, have you done anything? Not a whole lot, Pete, other than breakfast. No, my past two weeks have been very boring. Uh, have you done anything socially? socially? Have you done anything in your normal life? Oh, well, yeah, absolutely, but not Masonically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just concerned that you're a shut in. No, no, I'm not a shut in. No, actually. Uh, uh, no, I can't say anything other than the fact that, no, I'm fine. Oh, I know where you were. <laughs> so you were down in, um, you were down in Delaware. Delaware, yeah. Delaware. Yeah, so what yeah. were you looking at in Delaware? Ooh, were you uh, looking at property? We, we, we went down for an open house and a uh, barbecue and uh, looking at some property down there, yeah. 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 Did you have to sit through a brief 30-minute no, presentation? No, 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 it's not. Now, I'm, no, four, I'm 48 <laughs> years old. Would I be allowed to buy that property if I would? No, oh. you, have to, you have to be 55 at least. Okay. It's a 55-plus community, not affiliated with a home or a retirement. It's just a community. You buy your house, you buy your lot, you own it. Period. But you get access to a pool and a clubhouse and all that oh, fun yeah, stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. So why don't you, I mean, I know your grandkids are up here. Yeah. But is that the only reason? Uh, to not move? Yeah. No. Actually, actually, I want to get into it. Uh, Pennsylvania has an extremely high property tax for school and for uh, Lancaster County properties. Uh, I think where we live, we pay about close to seven grand a year uh, for both school and property. Uh, same house, maybe $75,000 more, say a $320,000 house. The, the property tax in Delaware is about $1,200. Wow. But you don't want to move? No, I didn't say that. Okay. Just checking. I didn't I say I just that. have to see if we have to find a replacement. I won't have two weeks notice. <laughs> we could never replace Larry. Yeah. No, we can do that definitely remotely, and I'll, I'll manage to get up. I've already had people offer that I could stay at their house, so I may take up second residence in Lancaster somewhere. Sounds whoever, good. Whoever, whoever ever have me. Under For a Doberman. Jack, have you had anything going on? What did I have? Well, we had Grotto last night. That was fun. Um, really well-run meeting by Spooner, I thought. He did remarkably well. For his first time, yeah, I mean, over any we, kind of meeting. Yeah, so I, I think Sean does listen sometimes, and yeah. we do have a a good time goofing on Sean a lot, and he he, I think he enjoys it a little bit. Yeah, but um, I thought too. Yeah, I thought he did a really good job, and um, you know, we have an unruly crowd. No. And our our monarch, Mark, is really polite 
and soft-spoken. Um, and I think, you know, you need somebody kind of like loud and grumpy like Sean to keep everybody in line. Uh, it, but he wasn't really grumpy. Yeah, nobody. I mean, he just had really an agenda. Nobody got off track. It was it was really. I, I don't well, know if they well, were cutting slack or. Well, not, didn't Justin say something online like uh, after our last meeting? Like, uh, yeah. Well, he guys did. And rightly so. The, la- yeah. the last meeting was a was a zoo. But um, and Larry was just above uh, the the fair. He he didn't come because he wasn't going to eat a sixteen dollars sandwich. He wasn't going to lower himself to having sandwiches. No, and, no, no, yeah, no, no, no. We know Halfway the truth. Way home. Yeah, we stopped I it. I got sick because I ate some McDonald's French fries. Oh, it's at Delaware. Carol food. had a drive home. I went to bed at four o'clock. Told her at about six thirty. Make sure I'm up. And I slept through the 8.30. No, we were talking about you. I right? was really not. Well, we need to collect that $16 since you RSVP'd. Yipper. Well, that's, um, it was a 16 only. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, because oh, it was sandwiches. And, it, and, and Fulton couldn't bring himself <laughs> to charge 20 bucks for sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> But I charged it for breakfast. Go ahead. What the hell? I like how he's running through the menu, but that bar- the barbecue was good. I mean, if we oh, could that do- meat night was amazing. Yeah, I'm still recovering from that. Uh, Jason, anything? You had some stuff going on. You were saying in, in the I, pregame. Yeah, I had a, I had a lot going on. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go? Yeah, you go. All right. Well, I went to Goose and Gridiron. Because my stuff's more important. Well, always, of course. Uh, went to Goose and Gridiron. And it's funny because when I was at Goose and Gridiron, somebody said to me, Hey, Jason, do you know what's going to be for dinner? At Grotto, and I said sandwiches, and somebody said Vishnandini. Oh, that'd be Larry. That would be Larry. Mm. Oh, yes, that must be where I heard that rumor. <laughs> That's the truth. That's what you said. Oh, me? Yeah. When did I say that? Oh, me? Listen to him. So I went I to Goose not. and Gridiron while I was at Goose and Gridiron. Larry, somebody <laughs> asked me what was for dinner at Grotto. He wasn't oh, listening to your story. Yeah, I may have said that. Oh, You're right. <laughs> okay, there it is. And I had. Lodge, you, we, my Lodge, Lodge 43, had a one-day class on the 13th, which were a handful of guys that tried to come in on the big one that we talked about in October. And then we had another one in December that they couldn't make. So we finally got these guys in, and they're high-ranking officials in their um, occupations. We were supposed to have six. We ended up with three. And uh, we did a hybrid of the way we do like the district degree, uh, where everybody comes in. But we had everybody, everybody got to participate. So everybody was on the on the floor. Everybody was doing the same things that everybody does. Everybody had somebody alongside of them. And they all got the full-on experience. Maybe it's because of their jobs and them being professionals. But I've never been to a one-day class, even though it's just three people. I mean, they were asking questions in between degrees. They were reciting parts of the ritual. They were asking questions. They were like, when can we, when are the meetings? What can we do if we can't make it to the meetings? Uh they were just compl- I mean, from the from the break in between the first and the second degree, it was probably the most engaging group of candidates that that I've seen. What are you I, looking at, Jack? Nothing. And I gotta say, um, I heard nice things about Tyler. Was it Tyler Bartow? Because there's two brothers. Yes. So Tyler's got the mutton chops. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Somebody said he did a fantastic third degree. He's a good ritualist. Yeah. 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 So he, they, that, that wasn't at ours. Oh, okay. okay. Maybe that was a district degree team. But he's, yeah, yeah, oh, okay. he's he's at um, was he Sheriff uh, Casifia, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it it was it was nice. It was really nice, and they all joined us for lunch afterwards. And they've, they, yeah, it was uh, it, it changed my opinion of some of these one day classes. You keep making faces, Jack. What's going on? 
Nothing. I, I think he was one. studying your tattoos, and he just discovered this trick that I pointed out months ago. Yeah, is that? Am I of, seeing that? Or no, is there's, that? Lo- there's lots of them hidden on his tattoos. No, okay, that's a, there's a thing. Yeah, there's, okay. <laughs> twenty no, years. No, no. Some of these are almost twenty years old, Jack, and I had no, no idea. No, it's the one on the neck. Oh, well, <laughs> it, it looked it it looked like a razor blade handle before I had like three necks. Fit it, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, it folds over now. I see it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> The way he was leaning over toward your neck, I thought he was going to kiss you. <laughs> so, uh, anything else, Jason? And then there was a Scottish Rite re- reunion. Ru- the, ru- Sco- <laughs> the Scottish Rite reunion. Speech impediment. Class. Yeah, in, in Harrisburg. Hey, uh, I had a stroke. True story. What? And uh, what? A stroke. Where have you been? Not recently. We talked about it in episode Dude. one, Larry. <laughs> have you seen his hairline? He. <laughs> He's got his Moya Moya disease. Yeah, I had a stroke in 2009. Oh, I thought you said someone at the, the uh, Scottish Rite reunion had a stroke. Larry, turn up your hearing aid. Is that what you've been talking about? Larry, pay attention, oh, please. Turn his microphone off. In 2009, Larry, I had a stroke followed by a few brain surgeries. Oh, you did, yeah. Okay. Right. All right. But it does affect my speech occasionally. At least that's my story. Uh, Scottish Rite reunion. I was the first time at, at uh, reunion as an employee, uh, but every class has an honor guest that the class is named after. And uh, this one was the right worshipful grandmaster, Raymond T. Dietz. And he brought with him uh, Tom Jackson and he brought with him uh, S. Eugene Harrett. And then uh, the active for Pennsylvania is uh, Brother Coy, who was also the grand treasurer. So it was, uh, it was a pretty interesting, pretty interesting bunch. Uh, but it was great. It was a, it was a great reunion. Do you want me to talk now about the cool, the cool part? So, so I stayed for the whole thing where, where normally if I was an attendee, I might have ducked out a little early, but I you know stayed because I get paid to stay <laughs> <laughs> and I was required to. But I'll tell you what, I'm really glad that I did because I had an opportunity to talk to the right worship a little bit uh, briefly with the, the incoming uh, deputy. But at dinner, they saved all the comments for dinner and uh, the right worship is talking and he's kind of canned, you know, kind of scripted, probably the same speech he's given before. And he rips the mic off the podium and he, and he goes, you know what, here's what I really want to say or something to that effect. And he gave a great talk and he's like, listen, we're all Masons and, you know, we're not Masons to fight. We're not Masons to bicker. We're not Masons to, you know, have sideways conversations. He's like, you know, if you don't have, if you don't like something in your lodge, if you don't like something in Grand Lodge, if you don't like something in Masonry, to speak. You know, come talk to me. Doesn't mean we're going to agree. Doesn't mean we're going to disagree. But it certainly means that we're going to be nice about it and respectful. And I'll tell you what, he put his money where his mouth was. And uh, after reunion, they there's like drinks. They call it afterglow, and there was a after party. And <laughs> I know, but it's kind of funny actually. Yeah, it, well, it used there to was be, cuddling. It yeah. used to be it used to be offsite, and now and now they have it right in the consistency. The Grand Lodge of California was spooning the Grand Lodge of Nevada. It it lasted for over two and a half hours, and there was maybe only twenty thirty guys that were there, and uh, and he talked to every single person that wanted to talk to him, and uh, it, it changed my opinion a little bit about background line. He also told a, a, a icebreaker story that was borderline inappropriate. We won't repeat it here, but it was it was pretty funny. Very cool. Yeah, I was, I was, I was impressed. You know, I, the, the pop and circumstance of the introductions was there, but after that, they, it was just nice to see them in a in a humble environment. He actually forgot his wife and had to come back and get her and stayed. 
Somebody always gets forgotten at these reunions. You guys got the bus left yeah. without you guys when you got in the shrine. Well, the ladies all the ladies all went out to dinner, and then he left, and then she came back, and he thought you know she was going back to the hotel, yada yada yada, and he came back, and he ended up you know glowing chatting. Some more. He glowed some more. Yeah, he he chatted with everybody that wanted to talk to him. Very cool. Good. Did um, I talk about was did I get back from Tall Cedars convention before or after our last show? Did it, talk? it was before, I believe, yeah. Oh, okay. You were hobnobbing with all those guys, too. Yeah, and I was just going to say, um, it's probably the first time since I was master in 2005 that I, you know, was rubbing elbows with the Grand Line, and I was very impressed by, I mean, they're always good guys, I mean, obviously, but the guys that are in line, the next four or five guys are all really down to earth um, and very personable, and yeah, I mean, that's that's it. Um, we had some good conversations. I, you know, we're in confidence, but yeah, I, I think that they really, you know, my gut is telling me that they're probably equally concerned about Pennsylvania masonry as we are and, and will listen to anything. I, uh, I, I think they're great. Oh, I know what I want to tell you. So somehow just like Jack, your lodge has a sister lodge down in, uh, Maryland. Yeah. The Harrisburg consistory has the same relationship with the Scottish Rite in Aruba. I don't know how it happened. Uh, that would be more fun than Maryland. So the Scottish Rite guys, every couple of years, go down. The Harrisburg guys go down and, and visit Aruba. But the Arubans tend they try to come to every reunion that they can. And one of them is in. Is that a sandwich with, on Rus- with Russian dressing? It is. <laughs> yeah, there's the crowd and stuff. So Aruba is a uh, a Dutch nation, and their their consistory is actually in the Netherlands. So one of the gentlemen that came, thirty third degree. Uh, in Supreme Council and the representative of the delegates of the island nation of Aruba. Uh, but they're super nice guys. One of them has a nephew in Florida, and he flew up. And so he was there. So there was the Arubans that were, were all, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s. And do, they, do they all listen to our show? I'm getting there. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> wow, okay. Was, all right. All right. We're yeah. in Aruba. <laughs> Sorry. I know. This is a big lead up. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, not quite, but, and I'm chatting with the young guy, right? I was working the window, selling a bunch of merch and taking people's dues payments. And I started talking to, I think his name was Walter, the young guy. And this other guy walks up and he looks at Walter and he goes, I know your voice from somewhere. And Walter's like, hmm, nope. He's like, I'm from Florida. He's like, no, I, are you on Masonic Roundtable? <laughs> and he goes, what? And I'm like, oh, a podcast? He's like, yeah, Masonic something. And I'm like, Masonic what? And, uh, oh, you dog. And he's like, I, I, I have it. I have it right. I have it right here. He's like, wait a minute, Masonic light. And it's you. <laughs> <laughs> was it followed by fisticuffs? <laughs> Outstanding. No, I was like, quick, my boss is coming. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Somebody else said something too, but it wasn't as funny as that. Uh, my week, I mean, obviously I did grotto. Um, now that I'm a past, past monarch i'm just kind of in the, in the background so that's kind of cool um but i did talk about we have our fall um colonial grotto pennsylvania grotto association coming up and that's going to be at the seven springs resort out in western pennsylvania um anybody that is in grotto or not in grotto just come on out there's only like an hour of grotto business that we actually do on saturday morning so if you're a master mason come hang out with some grotto guys um you can go to colonial grotto dot org or dot com um and find our stuff but yeah like within a half an hour is the uh flight 93 memorial 
the uh, two Frank Lloyd Wright houses, uh, Falling Water and something knob. Kentuck knob. Kentuck knob, yes. And then on the property, it's a ski resort in the winter, but there's uh, clay pigeon shooting, horseback riding, but you know, also drinking in the hospitality room, which I, I excel at. Um, at a council meeting, not, or, you know, Royal and Select Master Masons, that was kind of uneventful. Um, and this past weekend, I went to the Grand Commandery, or the Commandery Conclave at Reading. And uh, that was kind of neat to watch all these guys in their chapeaus running around this hotel. Um, you know, you see some guys that look really good in their uniforms, and you see some guys that, you know, I know it's supposed to be a military-looking uniform, but some guys look like this is the first thing they put it on since last year. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's a good group of guys, and they had fun. The one humorous thing was the guys beside me were selling regalia. And, you know, guys from the other states that are listening, um, if you haven't gotten this already, Pennsylvania does everything different. Everything is different in Pennsylvania than everywhere else, including what the guys wear is the regalia. And some uh, elderly Sir Knight did not approve of the shoulder boards and the gloves that were for sale because they were not Pennsylvania regulation. And he was yelling at the guys to get the stuff out of here. Well, then the, like, the big, the big, uh, the head guy comes over and, you know, there were representatives from all 50 states at this thing. And they're selling stuff to guy, you know. To so, people that aren't Pennsylvania. Right, yeah. yeah. So they, they were allowed to stay. But just like little funny things, like other states wear these nice big white gloves. They're called gauntlets. And uh, Pennsylvania wears brownish leather gloves that look like they're from Home Depot work gloves. <laughs> like they totally do not match the rest of the uniform. Yep. But that's what Pennsylvania decides to wear work gloves. Um, <laughs> but anyway, good show, uh, good time. And uh, I made... I met some guys that sat beside me, the guys that had that booth, and they're going to come on a future show. Nice. Um, they're both past masters of their lodges, and uh, they're you know, good dudes. So we're going to talk about them, and they're going to host, they're going to sponsor a show coming up. Oh. Larry likes that. Larry likes money. <coughs> all right. So let's take a quick break, and we'll come back. We've got all kinds of stuff. We've got a book review segment coming up and interviews with some guys from New Mexico. There's that sound again. Yeah. I wow, think that's wonderful. Think, I think this poor mixer... It's on its way out. Goodbye, Mixer. We'll check it out. We'll be right back. Hi, this is uh, Larry Maris from Masonic Light Podcast, uh, doing a uh, live recording here at the Goose and Gridiron Breakfast in beautiful downtown Mountville, Pennsylvania. We have two guests today, and I'll let them introduce yourself because I only know them by first name, Ryan from uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, and Larry, a transplant from Lancaster, now living in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself, and let's talk a little bit about Santa Fe and Freemasonry. Okay. Uh, well, I'm Ryan Gazelle, and uh, I'm the senior warden of Cerritos Lodge Number 19 out in Santa Fe. It's uh, only one of two lodges in the whole city. Awesome. I'm Larry Widmer, a transplant from Lodge 43 in Lancaster, now in Santa Fe, New Mexico, on Cerritos Lodge 19, I'm the senior deacon. Senior deacon. What brings you gentlemen here uh, to, to the east? 
uh, a Masonic tour. Ah, and how's that been going so far? He hasn't had much sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so far, blowing my expectations. Is that right? Yeah. Is that right? Have you actually been to a working lodge to see a degree or a, a, a stated meeting or anything like that? Mm, uh, we had a stated meeting last evening at the traditional observance lodge in Allentown, the Kite and Key, which had the uh, senior, or no, uh, deputy grandmaster there, which created all kinds of pomp and circumstance, and, uh, and a, a meal that never ended. Is that right? <laughs> well, also the Prince Hall Lodge was there. Right. Um, and it was so amazing how they, it was... Uh, it was all, all unified, all together. The, all the um, district deputies from uh, the entourage that came in, the Prince Hall Lodges were all represented right in with everybody else. It was fabulous. Oh, that is awesome. That had to be absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. Kind of beyond what you even expected. It blew my wildest expectations. Yeah. Um, bear in mind, you know, it's funny to go to a different lodge from your own district. Yes. And you notice how it's different but the same. The yes. words are a little bit off, but I mean, it was fantastic. They, I think the Worshipful Master did a hell of a job. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Tremendous. What's, what I wanted to show Brian was the difference from Pennsylvania Masonry versus the rest of the country in that we're, we're ancient, they're modern. So the, the, some of the rituals, some of the um, signs, a little bit different, like they'll do the do, the do guard, the penal sign together in New Mexico, whereas here it's just the penal sign. Mm -hmm. And so things of that sort were a little different. Some of the wording is different, some of the positions were different. But it was kind of fun to watch how it all worked well. Mm -hmm. yeah. And tonight, I, we're going to go over to the Prince Hall Lodge and see how they do it. Oh, that's fantastic. Let me tell you, that's a treat. Oh, yeah? That is a treat, yes. I was raised in South Carolina, so I'm in a different, was in a different jurisdiction totally. Mm -hmm. And when I transferred up here, uh, it, it, was, it was very eye-opening, very, how should I say, York Wright in Pennsylvania, very mellow. Mm -hmm. South Carolina... We're very physical. Okay. Getting your third degree there was, let me tell you, brutal. <laughs> and there's some similarities, I think, with Prince Hall. There's a lot of, a lot of, uh, I think, carryover between both Prince Hall and, and uh, South Carolina. Uh, really? Ancient Freemasons. Oh, okay. Yep. We uh, last year went over. Um, it was like the first time uh, ever where the Grand Lodge of New Mexico held a dual lodge with the Prince Hall Lodge, mm -hmm. and. Honestly, they are so sharp, so on top of it. I mean, it blew me away just how on top of their degree work, opening and closing. It looked almost like it was going to be filmed. That's how great oh, it yeah. was. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, their third degree, I know, usually is conducted on a Saturday at the Masonic Center, and it's an all-day event. Really? Yeah. Wow. Do they... I've been talking to a lot of brothers here, and they've been talking about how some lodges, they do all the degrees within a, a few days of each other. Um, does the Prince Hall do that? 
That I don't know. No, that I don't know. You could probably talk to them tonight and ask them that question. I don't know that they do. I don't think they do. I think they're very traditional. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think they, uh, the mandatory 30 days between each degree, uh, they don't do the one day from what I understand like we do here in Pennsylvania. We do all three degrees in one day. Yeah. They don't do that. I'm pretty sure they don't do that. So they're very traditional in that respect. But it is, uh, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful ceremony. You're going to be very impressed with it. And they, they, they do everything at right angles. Do you ever oh, notice really? that? Yeah. Military. You'll okay. notice that we'll tonight at our Prince Hall Lodge here. They're very, everything is done in right angles. When they approach the altar, when they leave the altar, when they approach the east, everything is done on angles. Wow. It's a beautiful thing, it really is. And they know their stuff. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's fun. Uh, anything else you have to add about uh, beautiful Lancaster County as opposed to Santa Fe, incidentally, is probably one of the most beautiful cities I have been in. I told you that earlier. Yeah. And uh, uh, it is great living out there. And you're right. Sunshine all the time <laughs> compared to what we have here. <laughs> it's not too bad here. You see some blue. <laughs> and you guys don't have the humidity out there either. No, it's just, no, it just gets hot. Thank God. Yes. But then at night it goes down to 50 degrees. Right, right. It gets cold. <laughs> you can open the window on a very hot day and still feel a breeze. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. We don't have, we don't have the luxury of that here. Well, it was good interviewing both of you so much, and uh, I'm glad you're having a good, successful trip. That makes me feel really good to hear that you had a great night and you're having a good trip. Well, it's incredible how welcoming all the brothers are here. Honestly, um, you just you jump in and you feel just at home. It's amazing how the brothers here. They're very accommodating. Well, this interview is going to be on Masonic Light Podcast. It will be on our next episode, which will be episode 28. Uh, you can tune us in by going to SoundCloud, you can go to iTunes, or you can just go directly to our site, www.masoniclight.lite. And we have all of our broadcasts that are all archived. And as I said, we've been doing this now over a year, and we have a great listening audience, and it's always good to talk to folks visiting us so we can capture this on this recorder so again thanks Larry thanks Ryan appreciate everything and thanks for, thanks for joining us at breakfast this morning at the Goose and Gridiron thank you take care So welcome back. I'm Jack, and Larry and I were coming home from a grotto meeting in uh, Gettysburg, and we were in the car talking about books. Larry's a Larry's a writer. I'm a reader. So we kind of threw around the idea of having a book review as part of the podcast. Larry thought it was a great idea. Pete rolled his eyes, and Jason said, how the hell am I going to cut that into a podcast? I so, don't read. So we were talking about books, and uh, the first thing that um, the first book that came to my mind in the conversation was a book that I'm very fond of. It's an old book, um, but it's not it's not Masonic per se, but it is a throwback to operative masonry in the 12th century. Um, it's a book that was written in 1989 by an author called Ken Follett. And Ken Follett was famous for doing uh, mysteries and thrillers and, and that kind of stuff. And it just because it was it was impressed on his mind that he wanted to write this book. Uh, he wrote Pillars of the Earth. And I love this book. Um, Larry hates this book. Uh, Larry doesn't hate this book, but um, for me, 
it's a wonderful story about a cathedral builder in the Middle Ages. Uh, and, and all of what goes into building a cathedral and, and all of the emotion and the religion and the politics of the day. And I found it captivating, and I actually read it before I became a Mason. Uh, so for me, it was, it was a, a, a really interesting lead-in. But Larry, what, what were your thoughts on the book? Uh, my thoughts on the book, I've read Ken Follett. I've read uh, The Eye of the Needle. And when he was writing in the style of P.D. James, which is a difficult author to read, a woman who writes, who wrote mystery books. She was like ninety when she passed away. Uh, he wrote in that style, and I and I had a tr- I had trouble reading the Eye of a Needle, and I thought, well, well, so I started reading this, and it's a much the prose is much better, syntax, everything is good about it. I like it. It's kind of written in the uh, what I call American style. Very enjoyable read. What I've read so far, I, it's like what nine hundred pages. It's almost a thousand pages. Yeah, it's unholy and, long. And yeah. I'm like sixty five percent through. My only problem was it took place during a really. You can rugged... skip four pages at a time if you it want. Could. It really. Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, I I I, t- I I went home that night after we talked about it in the car, and I ordered it and put it on Kindle right away, and started reading it. Uh, there are so many highs and lows, and that's one of the things you and I talked about the other night. Uh, just when things are getting good, uh, something begins to happen and shit's going to hit, pardon the language, uh, stuff is going to get bad. And I, it's throughout this entire book, up and down. Uh, it's up a roller coaster, down, yeah. Up and down. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of like into romantic movies and feel-good things. It, to, to read this is just a real struggle for me. So here's how Larry reviews books and, and movies. Is there any, any nudity? Well, that's first. Is there any karate? And if there's none, no no karate or no nudity, he's going to say the book is horrible. There is some awesome swordplay in this, though. Swordplay, well, burning of villages. The sex is a little bit decent, actually. I see. He went right for the nipples yeah, right there. Right. I mean, Gotta it's have not it. too bad. It's far and few between. And as much as those people did it back then, you'd think there'd be more of it. But nah. Because anyway. they made lots of other people. Yeah, they, they did. Lots they, of had, they had to have like five kids so one lived. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, my, my interest in this book, and I'm, I'm handing it now to, uh, to Jason. My interest in this book was it, it gave you a real sense of the time. Uh, the time and place, and you, just, you, can, you can just feel the dirt and, and smell the people, and you just kind of get a sense for what it must have been like to live in those, uh, in those days. And what it would have been like to try to erect a, a cathedral with no tools. I mean, and they, and they go through and talk about the development of some of the tools. That I found fascinating. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that for me really, is really what, I, really what I dug out of this book more than anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, usually what we will do is we're going to review books in the future, uh, I'll, uh, as many of them as we possibly can that would be somewhat related to Freemasonry. Uh, it doesn't have to be totally about Freemasonry because there's some pretty darn boring books out there. About yeah, there's the one called The Red Serpent. Oh. <laughs> what a trudge. Oh, give me a break. And what we're going to do at the end of this is we're going to rate the book. And we have five categories that our, our brother Jack devised. That's rate with a T. Right with it. Exactly. Uh, if you really like it, we're going to say love it, uh, own it. Read it and share it. Don't read it. And my recommendation, burn every copy. Nice. 
Yeah, so those are the five areas. So, so Jack, how would you rate Pillars of the Earth? I, uh, I, 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 the, for me, it's a share it because I like this book. Uh, but you got to be a reader because a thousand pages is a long ass book. Yeah. yeah. So it's a lab. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would say for me, I'm gonna just say don't read it. I'm not gonna burn it because every book I buy, I keep. I don't burn them. So I, I would say don't read it. Um, uh, so I'll stick with that. Because? Because. I just, uh, again, I, I like things that have happy endings, and this is freaking <laughs> terrible. No, but it does. <laughs> you're, you're just 400 pages from that. happy yeah, ending. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. How many people are going to be raped? How many people are going to be robbed? How many people are going to have their heads cut off? I just don't need that. Uh, but it, it, actually, it, it is not a bad book. I just say, you know. Not for it's you. not for no, you. Not for me. Not for you. Not for me. No, and I'm pissed that Jack maybe went out and buy it. Yeah, it's like seven hundred dollars this book. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you for the review. You're about to enter Corpora Obscura, the realm of weird fraternal organization. Leave your Freemasonry behind. Prepare to meet druids, caliphs, and wild creatures. Knock thrice and enter at your own risk. Welcome to another edition of Corpora Obscurum. Today we take a look at one of the oldest fraternal organizations in the United States, the Improved Order of Redmen. Do you remember the Boston Tea Party? You know, on December 16, 1773, a group of men, all members of the Sons of Liberty, met in Boston to protest the tax on tea imposed by England. When their protests went unheeded, they disguised themselves as Mohawk Indians, proceeded to Boston Harbor, and dumped overboard 342 chests of English tea. However, for the next 35 years, each of the original Sons of Liberty groups went their own way, under many different names. In 1813, at historic Fort Mifflin, near Philadelphia, several of the groups came together and formed one organization, known as the Society of Redmen. The name was changed to the Improved Order of Redmen in Baltimore in 1834. Its membership requirements were defined in the same pseudo-Indian phrasing as the rest of the Constitution. Section 1. No person shall be entitled to adoption into the order except a free white male of good moral character and standing, of the full age of twenty-one great sons, who believes in the existence of a great spirit, the creator and preserver of the universe, and is possessed of some known reputable means of support. The order had a three-tiered structure. Local units were called tribes and are presided over by a sachem and a board of directors. Local meeting sites are called wigwams. The state level is called the reservation and governed by a great sachem and great council, or board of chiefs. The national level is the great council of the United States. The great council consists of the great Incahoni, who is the president, and a board of great chiefs. The headquarters of the order has been in Waco, Texas since at least 1979, where they maintain an official museum and library. The rituals and regalia are modeled after those assumed by the use of Native Americans. The order's female auxiliary is the degree of Pocahontas and dates back to the 1880s. The organization claimed a membership of about a half a million in 1935, but has declined to little more than 15,000 today. Want to know more? You can learn about historic fraternal groups and the effect they had on America by visiting and supporting the J.H. Rathbone Museum, located in Lafayette, Indiana, and on the web at www.jhrathbonemuseum.org. 
And we're back. So you just heard from uh, Seth Anthony and Corpore Obscurum uh, a few segments ago, and then you just heard from Crib Notes, which is uh, Jack and Larry's uh, new segment on uh, book reports. So oh, book good, review, book, book review. review. Sorry, uh, our new our new segment. So if you hate it, please please write in and tell them to stop. <laughs> <laughs> and but if you love it, uh, possibly you could suggest a book that they should read and review. So what's next on the agenda? Uh, you just handled that way more politely than I could have, so thank you for bringing <laughs> us back. Uh, so I guess we're just going to get into Masonic News. Good news, everyone! Masonic Light News. News not fit to print. In Masonic News today, the Grand Lodge of Cuba has issued a warning stating that anyone attempting to create a bogus Masonic Educational Exchange cruise package to Cuba as a cover to smoke Cuban cigars and drink real rum will be dealt with swiftly and surely. That is to say, the application will be approved swiftly and the rum will surely flow. And that's the Masonic News. All right, thank you, Jack. Somewhat it was. Somewhat it was. Um, so I guess we're just going to talk about what we're doing next, and then we're going to let Larry uh, take us out of here. So, uh, Larry, we'll start with you. Do you have anything uh, going on Masonically? No. Okay, good. Jason, next two weeks, anything Masonically? Extra meeting, extra meeting. We had to get dispensation because we're having an extra meeting before our stated meeting. Stated meeting. That's that's it. Tall Cedars is coming up. I, and uh, are you guys going to Tall Cedars? I don't it's know. Tomorrow night. I got to do my lodge notice. But uh, yeah, Larry, it's always the fourth Tuesday. I know it yeah. just sneaks up on you, but it's the fourth Tuesday since <laughs> nineteen. Shocker already. Uh, there's a Masonic parade. Everybody loves a parade. What's the menu? Oh, Mount Joy, right? Yeah, I'll be at home. Not wearing a tux. No. Yeah. 400 pounds, a mile-long walk. No. You got this. All right. Hey, Jack, you have anything? I have nothing. I just have tall cedars. Um, the only thing I got, I, and I should have said it in the, at the beginning, um, we're trying to rebuild chapter in York Rite, um, and we're doing a fairly decent job. When, um, when I joined a couple of years ago, uh, there was like three past high priests on the sidelines, and... and we're 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 getting it to the point where we can do our own work. Is that mine? I, I don't know. It's um, someone's cell. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry about that. We're a radioactive here. So anyway, um, so those of you that are York Wright Masons in the Lancaster area, uh, come out. We're we're working on it. We've got we're we're able to confer all the degrees in house now. We don't need to hire hired guns to do the work and. Uh, the purpose of, of chapter is to confer the degrees. I mean, let's not let's not kid ourselves. That's what it's for. So we do need, um, and all of you that have joined chapter and gone on to become um, uh, whatever Knights Templar and whatever else is 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 the extension of that council. Council. Don't um, forget your roots. Yeah, don't forget your roots. Come out to chapter. It's a good time. Uh, if we're not doing degree work, the meetings are thirty minutes um, in and out, and then. Uh, Either go get dinner or something. So support your chapter, guys. It's it's an important part of York Rite Masonry. Jack, I got something else for you. Because I'm sure I'm not the only one who ran into this. Not related to a chapter, but Lodge in the Woods and your online tickets. Was yeah, that- I, I, I 
was on it today trying to figure out how to reactivate it, and I couldn't do it. Um, the ticket sales, uh, we have a, an online site for ticket sales for Lodge in the Woods. Um, if you're interested, in the meantime, just email the Masonic Light podcast. Uh, but uh, until we get the Eventbrite back up, I don't know what happened. It just turned itself off. Well, hopefully in the next week between the time we're recording in this airs, they'll hopefully have gotten it fixed. So for a, for a bump on that, Lodge in the Woods will be Wednesday, September the 27th. So there's still plenty of time to buy tickets. It's a $35 night, which includes a steak dinner. So it's not you're not paying for the meeting. If you're just coming to a meeting, just come. But if you'd like dinner, it's a, it's a really nice night at a scout camp in um, Newmanstown, Pennsylvania. All righty, Larry. I think you're pretty much all done. Take us oh, out of here. Oh, gee, holy. All right. <clears throat> What's Larry got going on? Do we do? We do started we do with him. Oh, yeah, sorry. Larry doesn't have anything going on. Uh, probably Tall Cedars tomorrow night. Uh, special thanks to Monarch Studios, our producer and co-host Jason Lewis, who really, folks, you have no idea what he does to make this show listenable. We just handed him a bag of crap. Oh, we oh, did yeah. today. Yes, we did. Jack Harley, our news director. You can pause your turn. <laughs> R.C. McCorvey, brother on the street. Uh, R.C., we need some interviews. Uh, Seth Anthony for his insight into fraternities that we had no idea ever existed. Uh, also, too, uh, our foreign news correspondent, Ima Blather, was going to be with us. Uh, I've had trouble getting a hold of her again. Uh, however, uh, she will be making a visit shortly. Uh, that's it. This is Larry Maris. Uh, Pete or Jerry. Jason Lewis. And Jack Harley. Good night, wherever you are. And have a pleasant tomorrow.